All right, so hopefully you are at Psalm 13. I'm going to go ahead and read for us. So uh, Psalm 13, just six verses, reads this. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love, and my heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, because he has dealt bountifully with me. And this is the word of the Lord. Uh, I, I think we can all agree in our personal lives that it's very unsettling when we feel a supposed silence from God. Uh, when we pray to the Lord and it feels like he's not there, or we feel like he is not answering us. And, and I would go so far as to assert that each of us in our uh, lives, each of us in this room have gone through a period of time or had a moment where we've prayed and it just feels like God's not answering. And, you know, we feel like we're praying and we're just getting like the holy answering machine. And you're like, hey, Lord, it's me again. I hope you really got my last message. Uh, I'm praying to you again. And I don't feel like you're talking to me. I don't feel like you're answering me. Uh, what happens to us when the silence that we feel is so deafening uh, that all we can think of is, why is God not talking to me? Why is God not answering me or speaking to me? And that is the same issue that we find David in in Psalm 13 at the very beginning. He's saying, how long will you forget me? How long will you hide your face? How long do I have to take counsel in my own soul? Kind of like, how, how long do I have to solve my own problems before you do something, Lord? I think each of us have gone through this at some point in our life. And I think it's a bitter irony as well that when, uh, when we're not in those moments, like when things are going well for us, or when we talk to other people that are going through those things, we'll say phrases and simple phrases like, God is always there. He won't leave you or forsake you. Or, hey, suffering is part of the Christian life. And all these other truths that we would all affirm, like we would all agree that those are truths. Um, we would say these things to others, but then when we go through these times of suffering or when we go through these moments of silence, uh, supposed silence from God, that seems to be like the first bit of information that flies out of uh, at least my mind. Uh, and then I'll go, why is it just me? Why is this happening? Uh, there's no answers I can find. And again, I, I can't speak for, for everyone, uh, but I do know myself and many of us in this room have experienced this uh, time of silence from the Lord where we just pray, where we seek after God, and it looks like we just can't seem to find him. And personally for me, I'm going to rely heavily on my personal experience for this. Uh, it's not an attempt to say, look how great I am, but it's, hey, I've just walked out of almost a year-long silence with the Lord, where I've prayed for a year and I just have not been able to hear the Lord's voice and praise him uh, for me coming out of this now. And so I want to rely heavily on that as well as I, I speak on that, because I've gone through this circumstance and because I've gone through that, I want to be able to help and guide others uh, and prepare others for if this time comes to them. 
Uh, this past year, about uh, 12-ish months, uh, I have been very, I'll just be very blunt, I've been miserable. I've been extremely lonely. I went through a series of just extremely difficult situations, extremely difficult sufferings where I, there were people that left my life. Uh, I lost friendships. Uh, I was just feeling lonely. I was missing my family and just I, I felt lost and confused in this world. And I'm not lying when I say I've, I cried more times Times in the past 12 months than I've uh, pooled all the times I've cried outside of that uh, together. Like I've wept a lot and it's really hard for me to cry, but I've cried more in this past year than I ever have before. And, and I would cry and I would weep and I would beg God to answer me. Uh, I, in my weeping and wailing, I was making sounds that like I didn't even think were humanly possible uh, with my wailing. And I was like, Lord, how long are you going to be silent to me? I, I'm coming before you every day and every night begging you for help, begging you for a way out or just solutions to help me, and you seem to not be answering me. And I, I echoed the words of David, how long, O Lord? And I was only met with, it seemed, more silence. And again, I praise God that I'm out of that season now. And again, I, I, because I've gone through this immense difficulty, I want to address it and I want to walk with you, church family, if you are in that time or will prepare you, hopefully, for when you approach a time where it seems as if God's not speaking to you. And so my aim and desire is this. I want to take you from the pain and the agony that are verses one through four of Psalm 13, and I want to help guide you into the joy and the flourishing of God that is verses five through six. Read one through four on its own. It's depressing. Like, why is this even here? Read verses five through six, and it all makes sense, and it all becomes worth it. I hope to shed light onto why God chooses to be silent towards us at times, and here's the kicker, why we should be thankful that there are times when he becomes silent towards us, and why we should look back and be thankful that he does this. And so our main idea this morning is this, God is always present, and his silence is a means of spiritual growth. So when we, when we go through this sermon, I want you to remember, this is uh, the, the uh, mindset we need to approach with this. God is always present with us. I think when we assume his silence often means his absence, and that's not true. God is always present with us. And if there are times when God seems to be not answering us, it's a means to grow us spiritually. And you might be asking, I just don't see how those things connect. Well, bear with me, we're going to get to that. The main idea here, as we go through this, I want us to arrive at this same conclusion. If you're skeptical or if you're just flat out denying that that is the case, I want you to hopefully come to this conclusion with me. And so again, today we come across, so this is the problem. This is our problem today. I can't hear God when I pray. So maybe you've asked this. I'm not, you don't have to raise your hand, but maybe you or someone you know has gone through a time where say, I pray to God and I just can't hear him. I pray and I pray, I do all the right things, uh, I'm trying to be good, and I just can't hear him when I pray. Uh, here again, just verses 1 through the, sec the first part of verse 2. Uh, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul? In a sense, how long do I have to figure out my own problems? 
You know, you pray and you pray, but you hear nothing from God and he's silent. And if you're like me, like as I mentioned before, you kind of get a little nervous. Like, did I do something wrong? Is God mad at me? And why am I the only one that goes through these things? I think we can oftentimes think we are the only ones that suffer uh, this way. And I think it's understandable why we think these things, but I want to I uh, calm us and I want to remind us and to comfort us by saying this is actually extremely common in the Christian life. If we peruse the scriptures, we see great men of the Bible in the exact same shoes as David and in the exact same shoes that we might find ourselves in. The prophet Habakkuk in chapter 1 verse 2 says, O Yahweh, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear? Or cry to you violence and you will not save? We, we hear Job in, in chapter 31, 35. Oh, that I had one to hear me. Here is my signature. Let the Almighty answer me. We hear elsewhere from David in Psalm 22, very famous psalm. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groanings? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, I find no rest. And then lastly, we even hear Paul. It takes three times before the Lord seems to answer him in a prayer in 2 Corinthians 12, 8. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. And nothing seems to happen. It takes Paul a few times to get the Lord's attention, it seems. So what I want you to do when I say these verses, don't freak out and don't fear when these moments happen. Know that you're joined with other godly men and women from all across time who have felt this same experience. You are not alone and there's nothing wrong when you are feeling at some sort of silence from the Lord. And if we go back to our main idea, this silence is a tool that God's going to use to grow us. We may not enjoy it, and believe me, we may not want it, but after it's all said and done, hopefully the aim is if we uh, persevere through, we will be better off for it, and we will be thankful that God allowed us to go through this circumstance. And so we get to the, just the big question I think we would want to know when we go through these things. Why does this happen? Why does this happen? Why does God choose to be quiet towards us at times in our walks with him? And the answer, I believe, is this. God chooses to be silent at times, again, with our main idea, so he can mature us in our faith. When we find ourselves like David did in Psalm 13, we should stop and think and know, okay, this silence that I'm feeling, this is now a time of maturing in my relationship with the Lord. But how is it a time of maturing? I want to give you three uh, examples or three uh, situations that I believe God is using silence for. So number one, perhaps God is using silence in your prayer life to call attention to an issue. Maybe you're in the room and you don't feel as close to God as you once did. Maybe you think God has pulled himself away from you because of some sins in your life. And I want to be clear, our sins don't cause God to run and to flee away from us. God does not turn his back on his children. 
But oftentimes our sins can distract us from God and they can mess up our priorities. So when we have unrepentant sin, we have unchecked and undealt with sin, all of a sudden our whole spiritual lives get out of whack. And then all of a sudden we're not prioritizing God more or it might just be more difficult to posture ourselves in prayer to come before the Lord. And on God's end, maybe he's not answering a certain prayer or a time of prayers because he wants you to deal with that area of sin in your life. Perhaps God's not answering you for your prayers for a new job or for clarity on a specific issue or wisdom on what to do in certain uh, ordeals because there is undealt with sin in your heart. And that should be the priority that needs to be addressed. Well, does this really happen though? Can we look at scripture and say, well, does God, does this actually, is this a real thing? And I think, yes, we clearly see this in the life of King Saul in the book of 1 Samuel. If you see 1 Samuel chapter 28, verses six, and then I'll skip ahead to 15. When Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him, either by dreams or by the Urim or by prophets. And then Saul says, I am in great distress for the Philistines are warring against me and God has turned away from me and answers me no more, either by prophets or by dreams. And this is King Saul, the man who, if you're familiar with 1 Samuel, has prophesied in the name of the Lord. It says that the spirit of God came upon Saul in various moments. And now he's saying, I can't find God. I've searched for him everywhere and he's not answering me. And so if you're familiar with the story, Saul goes to a medium and resurrects the bones of the dead prophet Samuel. And he's asking Samuel, can you speak to God for me? Because I can't find God. And this is what Samuel's reply is. Samuel said, why then do you ask me since the Lord has turned from you and become your enemy? The Lord has done to you as he spoke by me, for the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor, David. Why? Because you did not obey the voice of the Lord. Because Saul was unrepentant in his sin, because Saul consistently chose his own selfishness and pride over God and righteousness, God chose to not answer any more of Saul's prayers. He goes, okay, Saul, until you deal with your issues, I'm not going to help you in the war. I'm not going to help you establish your kingdom because we've got bigger problems to deal with. You need to address the sin in your life first. And again, if we look at our lives, whether we are unaware or not, maybe there is sin that needs to be addressed and dealt with uh, in our souls And because God loves you and God wants to grow you in your faith, maybe God is saying something along the lines of like, hey, we're not moving on until we can address this issue. You let me know when you're ready. Like, I'll wait. Like one of the worst phrases my teachers would ever say in high school is, I'll wait when like you're talking in class and they're trying to get a last, oh, that would make me so mad. And then one time when I was teaching, I actually accidentally said that to my students. And I said, oh no, I've become the very thing I have hated so long. But maybe the Lord is up there saying, hey, we're not gonna move you on in your spiritual life and your sanctification. We're not gonna progress you in life and in godliness because we've got to deal with some issues here. So until you start praying for the issues here, I'm not gonna answer your prayers here. And so that then puts responsibility on us, church, to examine our hearts. David will say elsewhere, Lord, test my heart. Test me. See if I am godly and true or not. So we need to examine our lives and in our hearts. 
and see if we have sin that needs to be addressed first so that we may have life abundantly in the Lord and in Jesus Christ. But maybe you're in here saying, okay, well, what if that's not the case? Like, I've, I feel as if I have repented of my sins. I've asked the Lord to show me areas of my life, and I feel like that's not the issue. Well, maybe, number two, God chooses to be silent towards us to teach us persistence. Often God, oftentimes, God teaches us persistence so that we just don't give up when things immediately do not go our way. Okay, you don't have to raise your hand again, but how many of you in here, either it's you or you know someone who's just a quitter, like first sign of things not going right, they go right out the door and they're like, well, I tried and I'm out. Uh, God does not want that for us. And so God will be silent in our prayer lives to teach us persistence. A, A passage of scripture that really grounded me and anchored me in during my season of this was Luke 18, one through eight. It's a parable that Jesus gives and it reads this. And Jesus told them a parable, so listen to this first part though, to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. And he said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. And for a while he refused, but answered, or but afterwards he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And then the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth. Now, there's a lot of truths we can pull from this parable. I'm just pulling out one. But Jesus gives us this parable to show us to pray persistently. This is not a parable to say that our prayers can wear God down like an incessant child. Like when I was a little kid with my grandma in the Lego section, I would just keep tugging on her shirt like, can I get that? Can I get that? Can I get that? And if I asked enough, she would cave. Okay, that's not what the parable is saying here. Like if we just ask enough, we'll annoy God so much that he'll uh, obey our wishes. No, it's, it's, we're not forcing his hand. The idea of the parable is to pray with confidence that God can answer your prayer. If the wicked judge will answer the widow's pleas, how much more then, he says, will God honor and protect and give justice to his people? And so my, my question is this. What is your reaction when God delays in answering your prayers? What is your response when things don't go your way? Do you throw your arms up and say like, well, nothing happened. That's a waste of time. I'm not praying for that again because I prayed once, didn't happen. Why would, any, why would the next time be any different? Well, no, sometimes God delays in answering and remains silent towards us in seasons of our life so that our dependence will grow and our prayers will become persistent and we will learn the power of persistent praying. Again, like, how serious are you about this prayer that you're praying Are you not serious enough that if you only ask once, you get frustrated and then not do it? No, it also reveals in our hearts persistence that, hey, Lord, I'm serious about this and I really want this to happen. It reveals how much we desire for it and it ultimately shows us why we're coming to God for help. Like why go to God time and time and time again? It's like what Peter says to the Lord. He goes, who else are we gonna turn to? To whom shall we turn to? You know, in your prayer life, you will be deepened by the gift of persistence. 
when it becomes placed upon you because you will cry out every day and night, Lord, I'm coming before you because where else am I going to go for help? Where else am I going to seek answers? It's you and you alone, God. Whom else am I going to turn to? That's what persistent prayer looks like. And believe me, I know it can be hard because much like our friend David in Psalm 13, I've continuously cried out, how long, O Lord? When will you answer me? I said, Lord, answer me because I can't keep taking counsel in my own self. Lord, I need to hear your voice because I'm so tired of hearing mine. Please speak to me, God. And for 10 months, I would pray this every day to and from work. And now as I've been blessed to leave this period of time, I can look back and I am so grateful, church, for that time of silence because my prayer life has never been stronger. Okay, my prayer life has definitely had ups and downs, a lot of downs, uh, but I will tell you this, because of this gift the Lord has given me of this silence, my prayer life and my dependency on God for prayer has been strengthened in a way only that year of silence could bring about. And I didn't enjoy the process, but I'm thankful for the fruits that it has borne in my life. And I hope that that would be the same for us. So my hope is when God isn't answering us and is silent, rather than just saying like, well, what's the point of praying then? Why did I even sign up to be a Christian in the first place? And we throw some sort of, you know, spiritual tantrum. We'll stop and continue to seek the Lord's face and we'll seek his guidance. We'll double down on our faith and the knowledge of God's character revealed in his word. And we'll say, Lord, I'm coming before you again, time and time again, because I don't know where else to go and you are my God. And then thirdly, and I just put this one in here quickly because I want to address it uh, again just very briefly. Why does God choose to be silent towards us at times? To help us stand on our own. To help us stand on our own, or you can also think to stand firmly. As God, again, remember, remember our main idea. The aim is spiritual maturity and spiritual growth. And as God matures us spiritually, he's trying to take us from spiritually crawling to walking to running and you're standing on our own. You know, sometimes a child can walk, but if they stand still, they'll just start to like bobble around or I don't don't have kids, but I've seen it happen. And then they just like fall down. And then I usually laugh to myself. But if a kid can stand up, I mean, physically stand up on their own, or if you can send your child off to college and they can be independent and stand on their own in a sense, they are mature and they've grown. And my desire and God's desire is that you will stand firmly upright on your own, like in him. Like you don't need your parents to be a Christian. You don't need this or that to be a Christian. You can stand firmly with your church family and with others around you. But at the end of the day, you have your faith. It's not riding the coattails of somebody else. And I say this again because I've seen the before and after of myself and many of my friends who who have been matured through difficult seasons and sufferings like this. I see how firm and loving towards the Lord they are because of these ordeals. And they've matured. Like, man, they are very different than the Christian they were before. But when they go through this maturing process, this like refining almost, man, they are on fire for the Lord. Like, I want to be like that. The Lord says, all right, well, you know what it's going to take to get through that. And then he'll bring us through those times of maturing. He wants us to stand on our own. So why does God choose to be silent towards us Christians? It's similar to the question, why does God allow Christians to go through difficult times? You know, I'm going to be honest. Ultimately, God only knows why he is choosing to be silent in these seasons. 
but I know that I would not be the man that I am today if I did not go through the sufferings and the difficult times that God carried me through. And I know the same is said for you. And that's why I am thankful that God has not sheltered me, but has allowed me to go through these difficulties, allowed me to go through these things because I'm standing on my own with God at my side. He's maturing us on his own, or he's maturing us to stand firm in him. And so that silence is going to mature you so that you can stand up on your own. I knew a guy that would only pray prayers if his family was in the room with him. And he's not standing firm then. They go, if my dad's not next to me or my mom's not next to me, I just can't pray because I don't know what to do and I don't know how to pray. Well, you're not standing on your own because you're relying, like you're absolutely dependent on other people. God wants to grow you. So, hey, it can be just you and me in this prayer time. And as we, as we move from some of these answers, you may be in the room again saying like, all right, Nate, like that's cool. That's all well and good. Doesn't make it any easier. Like I'm still going through silence. I'm still going through difficulties. I cry out before the Lord and he rejects me. Like I'm still David in verses one through four. What good is any of this reasoning now? I'm still suffering. And really quickly, rapid fire, I wanna go through just a couple quick solutions or quick helps so that we can arrive at the verses of five through six. Okay, these are the solutions I wanna give us to bring us to verses five and six of Psalm 13, to give us that rejoicing. The first one is this. Solution number one, see the ways in which God communicates to us normally. All of us, I mean, don't get me wrong, I want this too. All of us want that road to Damascus experience where the Lord speaks to us, the, the light shines down, like a lightning bolt moment. All of us want that moment because it's a cool story to tell, but it's a cool way to see the Lord and his glory. We're looking for God in the most boisterous ways, but what does the Lord say, or how does the Lord speak to Elijah in 1 Kings 19? You know, I'll just really quickly, the Lord passed by in a great wind and tore the mountains and broke it to pieces and the rocks. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave and a still small voice. And behold, there came the voice saying to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Search through the mundane is what I'm telling you here. Search through the ordinary everyday life and you might find God there. Sometimes he's not actually silent. He's speaking to us in small what we would call ordinary ways, common ways, but we refuse to look there because we want the lightning bolt, we want the, the pillar of cloud and fire, we want the road to Damascus. Look towards the ways in which God communicates to us already and you just might find God there speaking to you. So in those t- periods of silence, examine your life. Look around you and you just might find him. Second, rest in the promises of scripture. Rest in the promises of scripture. The word is true and living, friends. And just hear these words. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. I know that's the most common verse in the world we say to people in suffering, but it is true. And in Matthew 28, 20, Jesus is saying, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. David held firm to his faith and love for the Lord. And the Lord came to him, as we see in Psalm 13. 
And he eventually arrives at verses five and six. And so in your sufferings, in your moments of crying out to the Lord, how long will you be silent to me, God? There will come a time of singing and rejoicing. Just read again verses five and six. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation and I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. The silence, friends, is not going to go on forever. There will be a time of rejoicing and singing in the Lord. And then lastly, as we close, number three, rest in the love of God. Rest in the love of God. Friends, know that God loves you so much and deeply cares for you. And I know in difficult times of silence, that might fall flat. But hear the words of Hagar in Genesis 16. Recall the story, God's silent towards her and her sufferings, it seems. And as she's about to give up her life and her child's life, the Lord comes to her and protects her and delivers her. And she says, so Hagar called in the name of the Lord who spoke to her, you are a God of seeing For she said, truly here I have seen him who looks after me. God knows what is going on. He sees you and his silence is not his absence. And because of his great love towards us, he's going to speak to us. He will not abandon us. You will not go on living and then dying in a silence from the Lord. He sees our pains and he hears our cries. And he will care for us. Friends, God is not going to let us stay in verses one through four. He's going to bring us to five and six. He's going to bring us to joy and to singing. He will bring us into maturity in him. This silence is oftentimes a gift, whether we feel like it is or not. So as we close with this, continue, friends, just pursuing God. Continue battling against sin Cling firmly to scripture. And again, be persistent in your praying. God is there and he will not abandon you. He will not be quiet forever. He wants to grow you. He wants you to be the person that he has created you to be. And he will not be silent towards you forever. Keep pressing in. Keep pursuing, keep praying, keep seeking his face. And I promise you, you will find the Lord. And as David says, you will sing to the Lord. The silence is difficult, friends. The silence is, in fact, deafening towards us. But the joy and the singing and the praise will be even louder than the silence we once experienced. I promise you, push through and seek after the Lord. He will eventually answer you.